Good evening, everyone, and welcome to ATP Live. Uh, for those of you watching me on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, wherever you're watching me from this evening, I just want to say good evening to you all and welcome to ATP Live. I hope you can hear me loud and clear. So ATP Live is an opportunity for you to ask any questions that you may have on any children health issues in the next uh, one hour or so. I'll try and see if I can answer as many questions as I can. So it would be nice if you start dropping your questions quickly. Uh, let's just take the first few minutes to just share our videos and so that uh, we make sure that those who should be here should be here um so please tag those who should be here share the video on facebook instagram just share it loud and clear and let's make sure everybody is here i'm also going to try and make sure i put it in the rightful uh, places on our facebook group so just give me a couple of minutes to get that done so then we can start fully okay okay can see people on instagram already are there okay so just let's share the videos and make sure everybody can see and then we can get to start You're welcome, welcome everybody. Okay. All right. Let's see. Okay, okay. Can see the video. So I'm just trying to make sure I put the video in the all the rightful places. So if you are watching me from Ask the pediatrician's Facebook group. You can just drop your questions straight under the uh, video you're saying. If you are watching from the uh, Instagram, you can do the same. And if you are watching from other groups like our ATP Still a Mom, you will need to click on the video and get to our page so that you'll be able to post your question for me to be able to answer it. The same to applies to those who are watching from our ATP family Facebook group as well. If you're watching on our page or you're watching on, on YouTube, you can also just drop your question straight onto the page where you, you are. So I think we are good to go. Please share. You can also share the video on your own page. Share it to everybody that needs to watch it so that today there's no spotlight. So I'm just going straight to answering all our questions. So just go ahead and ask your questions. All right. Okay. And I think we are good to go. I just want to make sure. 
we're we're good to go. All right, I think I think that's all. Okay, just one more minute. I need to make sure they are pinned on the right pages. Welcome everybody. I hope you've had a nice day. Just like I've had a busy day myself. <laughs> I couldn't even change from my work clothes. Okay, I think I'm done with all the um all the admin part of the work. I think everybody can see the video now and uh, everybody can hear. And I think I'll just go straight to our questions. So once again, welcome everybody to ACP Live. I am Bimi Salaboide. I'm a pediatrician and I'm the CEO of AXI Pediatricians Foundation. And on ACP, our goal is to ensure that you all have access to the right information to raising a healthy child. We are committed to reducing deaths from preventable causes in all children globally, but most especially in Africa, where majority of these deaths still happen. And one of the ways by which we do it is through this live streaming. Uh, program. Uh, we also have our Facebook group where you can drop your questions. So even after this live stream of one hour is over, if you still have any questions on any ch child health issues, feel free to head over to our Facebook group, Ask the Pediatricians, and you can drop your questions from Mondays to Saturdays and 24 hours daily. We will answer your questions. You, if, if you want to be anonymous, we have the option for you to be anonymous on our Facebook group. We, our answers are by professionals and from the professionals' perspectives. Uh, usually, when it comes to children's health, that's the pediatricians. So that is the kind of answer you are going to get from our group. Or uh, if you have health issues of your own, we also have a sister group called ATP Family where you can also post your questions. And our professional, our family physicians, and all the other consultants will be able to assist you. If you have suffered any pregnancy loss or the loss of a child, and you need some kind of psychological support, we are also there for you. So you can join our ATP Still a Mom Nigeria Facebook group. And we have trained peer mentors that will be able to support you through that difficult journey. So these are all that we have on our um, Facebook groups, but we also are on Instagram, on YouTube. If you go to our YouTube channel, you can watch all our past videos and videos on various topical health issues. And also we're on Twitter. So please follow all our social media and we are purely committed to promoting uh, health information, healthy living for our children especially. If you want to have a private chat, you don't want to post your questions uh, publicly on Facebook or you want to have one-to-one -one with a pediatrician for medical advice, 
we have that uh, facility as well for you. Or if you want to actually have a consultation with any of our professionals, uh, you want to be sure you are getting a real professional because we know there are lots of clerks. Our pediatricians are able to see you at a very moderate fee. So you can send us a message on WhatsApp. For those of you on Facebook and YouTube, you can see that on the screen. For those of you on Instagram, if you send us a DM, we'll give you the information, but our WhatsApp information is all over the internet. It's all over our, uh, if you check our uh, profile, you will see all this information there. You can send us a message or you can send us a DM and then we can tell you how to assess that service. Please bear in mind that private charts one-to-one with a pediatrician or a full consultation with a pediatrician is not a free service. It's something that you are going to pay for. Please uh, bear that in mind. Beyond what we do online on our Facebook group, we also go to the communities. We actually do community medical outreaches. Uh, we reach those communities that are very underserved in Nigeria, in Ghana, and we hopefully want to reach the rest of Africa very soon. So if you are touched, you can support us. You can support us by volunteering to go with us for the outreaches. If you're a medical professional or even if you are not, we will welcome every volunteer. And if you want to also support us financially, you're welcome to donate to our account. I can see our telephone, our account number uh, on the screen. And if you set, tell us that information, if you go to our website, you can also get that information. It doesn't matter which part of the world you have, you can donate to Axe the Pediatricians Foundation. Axe the Pediatricians Foundation is on Global Giving, which is the largest uh, crowdfunding platform all over the world for nonprofits. So that means we are a vetted organization. For you to be on Global Giving, it means you have been scrutinized and you have been found to be faithful. So I can assure you that every cover given to ATP goes to medical outreaches. We don't use it to pay volunteers. We don't use it to do anything else. So all our volunteers are volunteers, including the chief volunteer herself. So please feel free to support us and reach at least one Nigerian child or one African child and save them from that. So that is all the announcement from the Ask the Pediatricians Foundation, who, uh, which is a platform that has brought to you ATP life uh, today. So I'm without further ado, I'm going to go straight to all the questions that we have. And I'm going to start from Instagram today because I think Instagram people were the very first set of people uh, that I saw online today. So I'm going to start with Instagram and then I'll come back to Facebook. So please stay tuned and please let's keep our questions straightforward and short. Let's remember to always put the age of the child. There's no baby because some people call their 20-year-old baby as well. So pediatricians, we always like to know the age of the child because we always have to know the context. If you're asking about the weight, you have to tell us what the birth weight is, what the current weight is. So please try and make sure you put all the right information into the question at once so that we don't do a lot of back and forth and that will waste our time. All right. So I think the first question I have on Instagram is by uh, Chomi Piel. Yes. What can I feel my baby weight? It seems not to be hiding weight. Okay. Chomi Piel, uh, you have asked your question before you 
had my announcement. So start with telling me the age of your baby. So that would be very helpful for me to know because just say what we have in my baby weight. So what you feed a zero to six month old weight is different from what you feed a six to 24 month old. So I really need that age of your baby. And if you say your baby is not having weight, I also need the context. So what is the weight now? What was the birth weight? Then it helps me to know whether truly baby is not having weight or not. Then I can give you for that advice because there's an advice for a baby whose weight is just a little bit below what is expected and there's an advice for a baby whose weight is so severely low you got to go to the hospital so for a pediatrician to be able to answer questions correctly we need the right information we cannot just give you a blank um most time there's nothing like one uh, size fits all every child has his own specific uh approach so please you will need to ask your question again if you are still watching uh love sonia say good day mom my little kid of a year and seven months has not started communicating with proper words but she makes sounds please enlighten me okay so if a one year seven month old that is a 19 month old baby does not have any word at all that child has speech delay. So a seven, a 19 months old should at least be using single words or even start combining two words together to form phrases. So if at all there's no word at all at this age, then I want that baby to see a speech therapist and then uh, the speech therapist will be able to advise whether that baby, um, you know, need further assessment by a developmental pediatrician as well. So it is important that you take this baby to see uh, a pediatrician and then we can uh, take it to, take the baby to see a speech therapist first. Then we can also be advised whether a developmental pediatrician is also need, needed at some point. So if you go to our Facebook group, we have a whole guide. If you get to our Facebook group, we can ask this question, but well, like, where's the guy? Somebody will show you where it is. Uh, we have a whole guy section on what are the normal speech milestones and what do you do if your child is not missing those milestones. We have some advice generally for parents on what you as a parent can be doing to improve your child's speech, uh, which you can start working with even before you see the professional. So I recommend that you check up on our Facebook group for those advice, but you still also need to see the speech therapist. Uh, Lara say, my girl of two years always have boy, okay? Probably every month, okay? Anytime I take her to the health center, they always give her antibiotics. Uh, what other things can I do to help her having such, to help her, I guess, prevent such occurrence, I guess. Okay, so I am definitely worried about a two-year-old who has boils every month. Something is not right. Something is wrong somewhere. So why is this baby? So it is not enough for us to take the baby to the hospital and for the baby to be given antibiotics all the time. So if you have seen me, the question I want to know is why is this baby having boils? every time so boils are bacterial infection of the skin so the question is why is this child getting this infection 
all the time. So we need to investigate that. We see that the child's immune system is not fighting because the truth of the matter is that we are all exposed to germs all the time. We're all exposed to germs all the time, but we are able, we don't have infections all the time because there are what we call our defense system of the body. Uh, so the immune system, that's our white, our defense system, they fight all these germs. So they make sure that we are healthy, even though we're inhaling and we are touching, all, but they are keeping us safe from having infection. So what we need to do is to check whether this child's immune system is not working properly because there are some health issues that will affect your immune system. For example, people that have diabetes, for example, children can also have diabetes. Uh, mellitus and they won't be able to fight infection i'm not saying that is what this baby has that is just an example so we need to know or is it the hygiene is it the way this baby's hygiene is being uh for example you the baby you need to wash our hands often you know we need to make sure we're doing that properly so there are a lot of things that we need to make sure we're doing to make sure that this child um is not having birth but it's probably not normal for a child to have boys all the time. So I strongly recommend that. It's, I'm not sure it's something the health center can handle. It is not the level of health center. You need to take your baby to see a pediatrician. You need to see them and then they can be able to help you properly and get your baby properly treated. I hope that is helpful. Okay. Uh, I guess the next question on Instagram is James saying, is it normal for a baby to first grow second molar? Okay, so I'm not really sure who you are and whether you are somebody that has a medical background, but usually parents don't name teeth. Usually the dentists do that. So um, most babies always caught their first incisors uh that's the central part of the teeth first before they call the the those other uh, uh the those on the side so uh there's nothing abnormal about our babies bring out their teeth or anything sometimes we have what we call normal variation so i'm not really worried about baby uh bringing out and you didn't tell us which age of this child so we don't know whether we're talking about a new a baby who is having the first set of primary teeth or whether we are talking about baby bringing out the permanent teeth. So, so you really need to always put the age of a child in any question you ask. It's so, so important because whenever a pediatrician wants to answer your question, the first thing we want to do is to put the context to the question because you just asked a question out of the blue. So I don't know which baby we are talking about here. So I really need to know. But generally, we are not worried about a baby bringing out the teeth. Maybe you expect the baby to bring out the central face, they bring out the lateral one. That is not a problem. It's one that baby has brought out it, has brought out suits. And we're not going to go and say, go and uproot it because it should not have come out first. So that's not an issue. So you generally, in when it comes to human anatomy, physiology, there are always some variation from normal. We shall see also normal. In other words, it's not a disease and nobody's going to worry about it. But if you want us to have more clarity on the question, you need to just let us know the age of this child. Uh, somebody 
Nigerian chapter. Is it okay to lie down to breastfeed? Yes, it's okay to lie down to breastfeed. Okay, for all of you first-time mom, I forgot to mention that in the announcement, we I have brought out a manual for you all. I think you have heard about the first-time mom course before, which is available on online. But I know some of you, from your feedback, you are too busy. You don't have time to sit down, listen to video calls and all that. You just want to read. You just want to go for that information quick. So we have the manual now. You can get the first time mom manual, what I call the FTM companion, and you can get it online as well. So you have that. So all these kind of issues, you can quickly go through it and know what is number, every information you need as a first time mom to to become to to be a calm, confident first time mother without panic or stress is in that manner. So I strongly recommend it for you all to get it, and I think it will be helpful. All right, Linda, say good evening, Doc. My baby is five months, and birth weight is three kilos. Current weight is eight kilos. He has conjunctivitis. Can I use eye drop for him? You need to see a doctor to prescribe an eye drop for a baby. You can't just use any eye drop for him. Yes, because there are high drops you cannot use for a, a baby who is five months old. So there's a high drop you can only use at certain age. So it's an antibiotic. So it depends. So if it's a bacteria conjunctivitis, the child will need antibiotic. If it's a viral one, the child does not need antibiotic. So these are information that doctors only will be able to decide. So I recommend that you should take the baby to the hospital and let a doctor prescribe their antibiotics. Please uh, don't use chloramphenicol eye drop in a baby who is five months old. I know that's what most of us reach for, but it's wrong. It's not uh, it's not recommended for babies below the age of two years. It's very dangerous to use it. So please don't do that. So go to the doctor and then they can prescribe what is appropriate for your baby. Um, somebody else saying four months old baby, two weeks, how many meals of breast milk? Okay, so this ROD Nigerian chapter, I think you're most likely your first time mom. I strongly recommend you get a manna. So for your first time mom, four months old baby, breastfeed on demand breastfeed on demand so there's no need to for you to express the breast milk you need to just breastfeed the baby the baby demands whatever the baby wants that the baby take okay uh there's no need for you to be expressing on you should be breastfeeding a four months old directly from the breast and let the baby breastfeed as much as the baby wants to okay so for us as doctors, there's a way we calculate at least what is the minimum your baby should take in a day and all that. But for you as a mom, I don't really need you to go measuring breast milk and all this kind of thing because I really don't expect you to be... Ex you can express, obviously, but I expect you to do more of direct breastfeeding and I expect you to do it on demand and I expect you to feed your baby as much as the baby wants. So, but if you, if you really are not, if you are really not breastfeeding directly and you're going to only express, then we walk out the meals. It's really by the weight of the child, which you are also not provided. So there's no way we can tell you, but a, a good guide for a mom is just to breastfeed your baby on demand. Okay. Babies will always take as much as they need and then they will not take anymore. So that's that's just what we recommend for you. All right. Um, 
five months old, she's bringing out. Okay, so I think Jameson, like, you're the one that asks. Okay, I think, oh, my phone is dead. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, um, for those on Instagram, Sario, you may have to come to Facebook. I was rushing, so I didn't have enough time to charge my phone. But I will come back on. I've put this on the charger. It's on. So hopefully it should come back. I'll continue on Facebook for now. Uh, so uh, the person who is asking a question, five months old, usually they bring out the incisors first. But like I said, if they bring out their... Um, the um the other teeth first we are not going to worry about it. it's just a variation and that will be all okay sorry for those on on face on instagram uh my phone has packed up <laughs> because i don't have time to charge it I'll, i'm charging it right now so hopefully i'll come back soon uh but in the meantime i'm just going to continue with those on facebook okay um okay thank you esther thank you facebook user uh the person saying say chief so this person must be a doctor the only doctors are called other doctors chief and all those kind of things okay and um mary thank you for joining us instagram people don't worry i'll soon join you soon uh so let me just be answering those on facebook for the meantime um my controller this year well good evening okay so the first question on um on facebook is there any treatment for adenoids apart from surgery the child is five years old is disturbing since birth if your child is five years old i've had a noise since birth and it's been disturbing him that child should have an operation there's no other treatment usually most time we don't operate children with um with um hardenoids and all that we actually wait for it to outgrow itself and most of the time it's usually we outgrow by the age of five to six years so if your baby has been having this problem it's now five years old and it's still an issue then there's no solution than surgery and i'm sure the ENC doctor must have to do surgery and I know parents, when you hear the word surgery, tends to panic, but uh, adenoid surgery is not really a major, major. It's a major surgery in the sense that uh, the child is going to go to sleep, but it's still something. It's a, it's, most of the time, it's done as a day surgery, which means that your child have the surgery and the child is awake and going home, eating that same day. So there's no need to panic. If the ENC doctor have seen your baby, please follow whatever advice they gave. All right. The next person said, my baby is six weeks old. He does not pull on his own unless we do rectal stimulation. You should stop that. So let me just stop there and say, don't do that. Okay. Babies on EBF don't have to pull every day. And sometimes they may go for days on up to two weeks without pulling there's nothing to worry about but when they are ready to do their pull they do a big one and it will still not be hard it will be soft so just leave the baby alone okay there's nothing wrong that is normal so stop doing direct stimulation if you're a first time mom and i suspect so please get the first time baby manner because all these issues are addressed in it. And secondly, he has a lot of pain and gas in his stomach. It is so discomforting. 
yeah, that sound like colic. Uh, it doesn't cry. Isn't colic supposed to make babies cry uncomfortably? Yeah, colic may babies cry, but some babies it's just that discomfort because just like not everybody will cry from every discomfort. Some babies, you, you, you. So the question is, how did you know it's in a lot of pain? Because you are the one telling us this baby's in a lot of pain, but baby is not crying. So how did you know it's baby's in a lot of pain? How do you? So obviously the gas in the stomach is from the baby sucking in gas. And sometimes when the baby is passing out the gas, the, 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 the movement of the gas makes them, not that they're uncomfortable, it's just that they, they are very aware of what is going on around them. And some of them get scared by his, some of them, but you see that eventually when they pass the gas, they are more relaxed. So that is normal and it's a phase and as baby get bigger and older they are more aware of their body so the movements of gas of liquid or anything through their tummy does not bother them anymore so it's nothing to worry about so you need to try and reduce the amount of gas the baby is taking in so make sure baby don't cry before you start feeding them make sure you're not feeding them with bottles because most of the time they suck hair from bottles and all that. And when they are passing the gas, just normal comfort and all that. If I call, which is what we recommend for babies with colic, it's also helpful because what, the, what it does is to actually help them pass the gas in a much more comfortable way. So that's all. And, but again, it's a passing phase and most babies we outgrow that. So if you want to know more about that, uh, you can get the first time mom uh, uh, course. I think it will be very helpful for you. Okay. All right. Uh, next question is, oh, sorry. I think I'm in the wrong section. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And now I got that. Um, so Mark Ojola is saying, please, what can I eat for a seven-month-old that's bloated tummy? So the question is, what is making this baby to have a bloated tummy? That's the first thing that we need to know. So because a seven-month-old should not be having bloated tummy. So there's nothing I'm going to recommend first because I need to know how you're feeling this baby, what is causing the bloating. Are you giving a food that the child is allergic to or is the child having digestion? No, there are lots of questions. So most time parents always go for what do I give? What do I give? And we as doctors, we are going for what is the problem? What is causing the problem? So the solution to the problem is usually in what caused the problem. So without knowing the cause, we won't know the solution. <clears throat> Excuse me. So that is what. So because we don't know why your baby is bloated, I'll rather say it's better you see a doctor first and get that information on why your baby is bloated, and then they can take it from there. All right. Thank you so much for joining us, Facebook user Asina Kadebo. You say, what can I expect? What should I expect from a child four years nine months in terms of speech? Because at times you can't make a complete statement. Okay, thank you for that question. A four-year-old should be talking like an adult. A four-year-old should be talking like any 
adults, you know, with correct grammar, correct sentences, speak to a, a stranger should have no difficulty understanding what a four-year-old is saying. So if a four-year-old is saying, not talking clearly, and you are concerned about it, you definitely need to see a speech therapy. A four-year-old cannot make a complete sentence. I get that what you want to say is having speech delay. And that four-year-old need to see a speech therapy and also see a developmental pediatrician so that we know the cause and then we can advise on what should be done. So that's what I recommend at this point. Okay, for the four-year-old. Let me see if I can come back to Instagram, people. Sorry, I'm really sorry. How do I say? Okay. Um, okay, so I hope that is up for us. Okay, I hope my Instagram people will come back. I'm sorry. Um, good evening. Uh, the next person, Linda, say good evening, doctor. My baby is 15 months old. He started running temperature. Took him to the oh sorry my baby is five months old started running temperature took him to the hospital was confirmed infection after test is done my question is how did the infection come about okay that's a very uh, valid question for a mom to ask but you should actually have asked them at the hospital because uh, there are questions they would have asked you for them to know how your baby got infection. Number one, you've not told me which parts of the body is this infection. Is it in the eyes? Is it in the ears? Is it in the nose? Or is it just in the blood? Or is it, you know, so I need to have that information. So the question is, how does infection come in? So children are exposed to germs. Like I said, we are all exposed to germs. So starting from the hands of those of us who are carrying the baby, starting from the umbilical cord, starting from, you know, uh, even the diaper area, the urine area, you know, all those places. So there are many holes in our body and through our nose, through our mouth, through our hands. So there are many ways we are exposed to germs. Most of us are not sick because the our body immune system is always fighting those germs that we've been exposed to. But it can get to a point where the germs kind of slip through the defense system of the body and the child is going to have infection. Now, let me be also be fast to say when you go to hospital and they told your baby has infection, you need to ask them those questions because this is not just by doing blood tests that we say baby has infection. So you must also adhere symptoms, adhere other things. So the is the job of the doctors to figure it out. So usually for babies, we will do urine tests. So that's why we do urine tests. We will do urine tests. Sometimes we may take culture of you know the blood itself. Sometimes we even take water from the back, what we call the, the spinal cord, if we are not sure where the infection is coming from. So that will help us to know. And the type of jam also will help us to know. So the fact that you're exclusively breastfeeding your baby does not mean your baby can never have infection because it's just like saying that you are 
um, you are protected against something or you've taken COVID vaccine, then you will now see go and expose yourself to somebody who has COVID or, you know, and, and let them blow on you and all that. So the, the breast milk and all those immunization protectors doesn't mean that there's not 100% guarantee. It doesn't mean that you should now deliberately expose yourself to germs and then your baby, you know, so protection from exclusive breastfeeding should protect your baby against infection. But you still need to pay attention to hygiene. You still need to make sure people are washing their hands. So it's a lot of things going on. And then we also need to make sure the baby's immune system is also good and fighting those infections. So there are a lot of factors. So breastfeeding exclusively is one part of the equation. So it's not the only thing. So I hope that's helpful. Instagram people, my sincere apologies. I I am just charging my phone. That's the honest truth. I'm sorry. I hope it maintains. And Instagram burns a lot of energy because uh, it's a lot, it's video consuming. So that's why it's taking my battery power down quickly. All right. Faith is asking my eight weeks old baby strain stretch for long before she can get a smooth sleep. Somewhere in between the sleep, she squeezes and makes sound like she groans, but she doesn't cry. What do you do? You don't need to do anything. You don't need to do anything. So babies do that when they are passing out gas, when they are passing out stool, even when they are passing urine. Anything moving or going around their body, they they are aware of it. They react to it. It's something like, what is that? You know. But once the thing is gone, then they calm down. So it's it's a phase. It's a phase. Most of them pass through that phase between the age zero to three months. Usually as they get bigger and then they are more mature, their body is bigger, they they are not as worried about all those movements anymore. And it's not something to worry about really. So you just kind of calm the baby, pet the baby, and the baby will be fine. All right. Uh Gloria say my baby is uh, sorry for those on Instagram. If you asked a question before and I didn't answer, please do you mind just popping it up again in the again because I can't see them again before this appeared. If I've not answered the one you put before, but if I just come in, feel free to post your question. Um, Gloria say my baby is 23, 23 months old, has adenoid. Can it be money without surgery? Okay, I think I've answered that question before. I don't know whether you were here then. So, um, when your baby has adenoids, a doctor would have seen your child as much as possible. Doctors don't, we don't like to take out the adenoids. We want to see whether it will go on its own because usually by the time babies are about five to six years, adenoids begin to shrink on its own. So if the adenoids is not causing much problems for your baby or, you know, we will not do anything about it. We just watch and wait. That's what most of the time we do. But there are indication for surgery so there are times we have to do surgery even in a one-year-old if there is need if your baby is having recurrent infections respiratory infections your baby has six of them in a year from because of the adenoids the adenoids have to come out if your baby is struggling to breathe you know and sometimes even stopping breathing what we call obstructive sleep apnea you know there will be a time the child will completely not breathe at all that is a problem you know, so we we'll need to do surgery. So, so there are the surgeons. They depending on also how big. If it's very big and it's 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 really making the hairway so narrow, 
the surgeons have to take it out. So usually if you have added noise, the pediatrician may be switching your baby. If it's becoming so much, we want you to see the ENC doctors. The ENC doctors will do the x-rays, what they call the postnatal space x-ray. They will look at it and decide whether, okay, should we do watch and wait? Or do we need to do surgery? So the most important thing is that whatever your doctors have advised, follow. If you are not sure, you can also go for a second opinion from another ANC doctors. If the two of them are telling you use Chinese surgery, then please do the surgery. Like I was telling the first person who asked, that I think her own child is five years old now. Usually by the time children are about five years old and they know it's still a problem, which means it's not shrinking, they have to operate it. There's no other solution to it. So, um, the ENT doctors will be the ones who advise whether they want to do surgery or not. But like I said, they are, there are reasons why they will do surgery. But otherwise, if those reasons are not there, we will not do surgery. We just watch and wait and see. Okay. Um, Amarachi is saying, my baby of eight months old stool is green, watery. Anytime it takes Cerilac, is he okay or should I stop? Well, if you if you notice that as a, as a result of your baby taking a particular food, then you should stop that food and give other things. Because if you've gone through our teachings on complementary feeding, there's no particular food or store-bought cereal that your baby has to take. All the food in your kitchen, they are good for your baby to have for complementary feeding. So we prefer that, actually. So you may want to focus more on giving your baby real food rather than what you bought. I'm not saying it's what you bought that is causing the greenish too. I don't know. Unless it's maybe iron containing something. You can read about what they say about things that can happen in babies taking that particular brand of products. But otherwise give your baby real food from made by your own kitchen. And of course, make sure you pay attention. Remember that the answer you get in this in this program is the way you frame your question. So you've told us that it's only when you give this particular food that this happened. So usually for me, if you tell me that as a pediatrician, then I will tell you just stop that particular food and let's see whether the problem disappears. Obviously, if you stop and the problem does not go away, then you will know that it is not that. That is just a coincidence. So but the most important thing is make sure you are following hygiene and washing. Make sure you are not bottle feeding complementary food. Make sure you are making food from, we are feeding your children with from the plates and the spoon and all those other things. If you want more information on complementary feeding, you can either get a first time baby manual. You can go to our web, our group. We have a guide session on complementary feeding. There are a lot of videos for you to watch. It's very important that we know we're doing the right thing. Okay, let me quickly answer Instagram people before because my phone is 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 life support right now okay jello jello say good evening my baby is like one does not poop every day she can go for five days without pooping. is it normal yes it is normal if your baby is on exclusive breastfeeding and so there's no need to worry just keep breastfeeding exclusively uh somebody's saying let's talk about metopic reach why do you want us to talk about it so you need to be very specific so metopic reach is just a seizure so the bones in our in the baby's head are not all joined together because they are supposed to be spaces in them to allow for the baby's brain to grow so one of those seizures is the metopic seizure that's the one just around that place there so i guess in this case maybe it has joined together and that is forming a line there so there are it's not 
that is not a enough question or something to talk about. Is it causing a problem? Is the baby's head small? Are there other issues? So you need to put all those into it. So if a doctor or anybody use big grammar around you, just stop them and ask them to tell you in a simple layman language implication of it. So because sometimes doctors will talk to doctors uh not that information is not for you but sometimes parents overhear it and then they start to panic and they start to ask people and that information is not meant for you when doctors want to talk to parents they know the right words or terminologies to use that you will not be confused whatsoever okay jello saying my baby is five months okay i think i've answered your question jello you don't need to repeat it don't worry as long as you're putting there i will answer it once at a time thank you uh i think i've answered that one um lolly pig global is it normal for a baby to strain i'm not sure where's the question again is it normal for a baby to strain white poop passing stool i guess that's what you want to say babies do that some babies do that even though the stool is not hard and all that it doesn't mean there's anything to wrong we worry about this only if your baby is passing stool and it is um it is hard you know that is the time that we worry about it but otherwise if the stool is normal there's nothing to worry about there's somebody say um uh so calf uh asking about the metopic ridge like i said you've not provided information about it so there's something for you to do about it if you if there's other problem with the baby or the exercise of your baby or other issues that's when you should say pediatrician a ridge being there it doesn't mean anything you don't need to do anything just leave it alone so t kayo they say a child of nine years old look like four years old what does that not tall so your baby ha that means the child has what we call short stature so you need to see a pediatrician so there are causes of short stature some of them um there are causes of short stature sometimes it's constitutional if you if the father and the mother of the child are short, the child is going to be short because in their family, they're always short. That one doesn't require any doctors. Sometimes some children are short because they are not, they are what we call stunted, malnutrition, they've not eaten the right kind of food. Some children are short because they have chronic medical conditions. So some children are short because maybe they have some hormones that are low, things like thyroid hormones and all that. So there are short stature that we can do something about. Like if the hormone is low, we can give hormone. Or if the child is not eating food, depending on the age, we can still do something. Some age, we cannot do anything anymore. So you need to see a pediatrician basically. Preferably see a specialist pediatrician, usually the pediatric endocrinologist. They are the ones that handle such cases. So you need to see them and then they can advise you. They will investigate to know what is the cause and then they'll be able to advise you on what to do. All right. I think I've answered Instagram people. Instagram people, we are on life support. So if I disappear, just relax. I'll come back. Okay. Um, okay. Let me come back to Facebook uh where did i start okay yes so cynthia scholars say uh would love to know the time intervals of feeding a baby of 10 months old is three hour interval too small or too much okay so cynthia you need to do the complementary feeding course so a 10 month old baby should be on complementary feeding 
and breastfeeding. So for the breastfeeding, you see breastfeeding on demand. For the complementary feeding, for 10 months old, it should be just three, three to four times a day. So just three times a day and maybe with one snack. So it is not every three hours. It's not every four hours, no. So we are not feeding them every three hours. So you're supposed to feed a 10-month-old the complementary feeds maybe three times a day, maximum four times a day, and you can give them one snack, an healthy snack in between. But in between all that, apart from the complementary feeding that is just three to four times a day, which is half a cup also of complementary food, because we also need to know what is the right quantity as well. So quantity, frequency, and all that. So those of you who were on our... We we joined us for the ATP antenata and first time mom class on Saturday. We also talked about this, so you need to know that. And then, but breastfeeding as much as the baby wants. So, complementary feeding is not every three hours. It's not every two hours. It's not. No, please, that would be too much for the baby. So, if you want more information on that, you can go to our guide session. Guess. To the guide session go for complimentary reading there are five about five six videos you can watch or you can buy our first time mom manual all those information you will get there so you have no you have clarity on how to go about complimentary feeding Godoka saying my baby of 19 months old turbinates is enlarged at night which causes slurring and pulse and breathing sometimes no tonsil no hiding I know asthma Godoka are you a doctor are you a nurse or you've been to the hospital so you you, you because you are using a lot of terminologies that shows either you've been to the hospital or you've seen a doctor so uh if your baby is snoring at night okay Take the chance to see a doctor, please. See either a pediatrician or ANC doctor. Let's all decide what is causing the um what is causing it. I don't want to rely on a mother telling me no adenoid, no no asthma, no this, no tonsil. It's only a doctor that can tell that. So if you have told me that you've seen your doctor and they told you it's not this, it's not that, then they should tell you what it is. Because snoring is basically saying that there's something trying to cause obstruction of the airway and we, we need to know what it is. So that is it. And that's the question. So if you have told us everything is not affected, then the question is, what is it that is causing it? So, and all that. So, and then you say it determinates is swollen and all that. So why is it swollen? So that's the question you need to also ask yourself. So um, you need to see, you can see the ENT doctors, they are the one that handle uh things like that but things don't just swell up in babies they do that as a response to something happening maybe it's an allergic reaction going on or something going on and all that so allergic rhinitis so when you say asthma that's allergic rhinitis has to do with the lower part of the airway but it can also affect the upper part of the airway what we call allergic rhinitis as well and that can also cause children to have like obstruction of their hairway as well. So it's best to see the doctor first to have a proper assessment, have a proper diagnosis, and then they can take it up from there. So um, I'll be answering the Instagram people's questions as, as they come in and then we'll take it up. So Kath, if you have seen a doctor and your doctor have told you there's nothing to worry about, there's no need to worry about. You cannot get a second opinion to a question you have seen a doctor for on a life program because 
the doctor who saw you has seen your baby and has done thorough evaluation, examined the baby, check every other thing else. Like I told you, it is not just one thing we're looking at. We're looking at everything. We're looking at the baby as a whole. So if your doctor has done that and has told you there's nothing to worry about, then there's absolutely nothing to worry about. If you want a second opinion, which is fine, you also have to see a pediatrician who will do that. You can't just ask one part of the question and expect that, you know, so for me, I've already told you, if there's nothing else wrong with your baby, it's just the reach that is there, then nobody's going to worry about it. If there are other issues, then that is when it becomes a part of it or an issue, then we'll need to do something about it. Okay. Um, Laude, Claudia, say, my name wants to discuss Roberta is coughing. The parent advice that we just watch it is that some kind of home remedy and uh, just give water, let them drink a lot of water, let them drink, take a lot of fruits, warm, warm fluids. That's all. There's nothing to do because like the pediatrician I've told you, most of the time there are viruses causing those things and they don't need any treatment. So just watch and wait. So most of the time, pediatricians don't always recommend drugs for everything. I know mothers always like an active intervention, like I'm giving something, I'm... Sometimes, to be honest, some things is just watch and wait, and it will go away. So just relax. All right, faithfulness, I can say, baby, her faith mother does not have seeds. I think we have answered this question before, but I can't remember. But it's nothing to worry about. Some babies may not have seeds until their first year of life, and there's nothing to worry about. Just leave the baby alone. Chioma say, please, can a two-month-old baby have tonsils? Everybody have tonsils. So that is not the question. The question is, is it enlarged? Is it infected? And all that. But obviously, I'm not expecting you as a mom to make that diagnosis. So if you have, it's better you ask me what symptoms you've seen in your child. And let me tell you what I think is causing it and what you should do. Rather than trying to walk it backward from the making your own assumption of the diagnosis and thinking whether is it or not. It doesn't work that way. So it's not something that will commonly happen in this age group. So, but it's better you tell us what you think is happening. You know, maybe it's not breathing well, or maybe it's doing this, or maybe it's doing that. And then the doctor will work out what we think is the cause. So that's what I recommend. Don't make assumptions at all about diagnosis because it can be very, very dangerous. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you too. Um, Facebook is I say I made an observation. What makes breast milk express on different day differs in color? Okay, good observation. Breast milk differs in color from day zero. So that's what we call. So when you first have a baby, the breast milk you 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 bring out is called colostrum, and colostrum tends to be colorless to amber color. Then you have what we call transition milk which is not typically white, but it's also not colorless. Then you also have the real milk, which is, tends to be white. Breast milk also vary per each mother. Breast milk also vary per the baby. So for example, if your baby is a preterm baby, the kind of breast milk you produce, the, cons the, the, the composition of that breast is going to make, is going to be different from the composition of a mother whose baby is not preterm. So breast milk is a dynamic fluid. And that is why we prefer breast milk, honestly, because your breast milk is so customized for your baby. 
than any other thing else. So which is unlike formula, which is everybody get the same thing. But breast milk also changes. So some babies may have more quantity of a particular, you know, maybe protein and all that. Then when you are expressing your breast milk, the beginning part of your breast milk tends to be more watery-like. We'll call it for milk because it's more of water. It's supposed to make the baby full. Then the, the, the I mean, yeah, it's supposed to satisfy the test of the baby rather. Why the lower, the later part of your breast milk is the fatty part. So it tends to be foamy and all that. It tends to be very thick and, you know, like fat. And that is the part that contains uh, fats. And that's the part that actually satisfies the baby. So the first part remove all the tests. That's why you don't need to give your baby water when you're breastfeeding because there's 70% of water in breast milk and then the lower part is the fat. So depending on at what point you express your breast milk. So if you are expressing at the beginning part and it is your uh, for milk, it's going to be looking like light color, you know, like uh, like watery pap. Whereas if you express at the lower later part, which is a thick, fatty part, that tends to have more yellowish. Then depending on how much of protein you are adding to your breast milk, whether you're a preterm mom or a fertile mom, even for you, at different parts of the day, your, your breast milk will change. So it's a dynamic fluid and it can have different colors, different then So, but again, it's nothing to worry about. It does not mean one is sour. It does not mean one is uh, not good. It's no, it's just a dynamic fluid. And that is what I can say about that. If you want to know more about breastfeeding, we have um, a whole guide session on breastfeeding. It's also covered in the first time baby manual that's the fgm company uh where am i okay thank you uh the next question is it normal for baby to be eating well yet slim okay so for us as pediatricians we don't work by we don't work by sight we work by figures so it's not enough for you to tell me baby is slim i'm more interested in what is the weight of the baby so is the weight healthy a baby can have a healthy weight and look slim to you but if the weight is fine the pediatrician is happy so for us this is not by maybe look big maybe look slim the baby looks this or that what are the fats and the figures what is the weight and what was the weight of the baby when baby was born and what is the weight now so we need to factor all those information into it so and i know most nigerian mothers want their babies to be chubby and you know fat so you i think we get a kick out of the fact that when people see your baby is big and heavy then they think ah you are trying you you are feeding your baby well honestly too much is also bad too little is bad so malnutrition is not just babies that are skinny and not gaining weight babies that are too big overweight obese it's also malnutrition. So pediatricians want you to be in the healthy weight range. So that is what we want for your babies. So Facebook user, if you really want me to tell you, send me the weight of the baby, then I will tell you whether the baby is underweight or normal weight. Then if baby is underweight, then why? Is it no food? You said baby is eating well. Again, when people tell me my baby is eating well, I always tell them, define what you mean by eating well because what you meant by eating well to you may not be eating well to a pediatrician because eating well is not just food entering the mouth eating well is what is on the plate okay so how much of carbohydrate is there how much of protein for those on on the course on saturday i show you the food pyramid 
So you see, this is a percentage of carbohydrates, a percentage of protein, this is a percentage of fruits and veggies, this is a percentage of fat. It has everything has to be to be the right proportion. What we used to call balanced diet before we try to move away from that terminology anyway, but it has to be the right proportion. So rather a baby eats rice 20 times a day, that baby is not eating well. The baby is eating, but the baby is not eating well. Okay, so a child who is not having protein, who is not having fruits and veggies, the baby is not eating well, even though the child may finish a whole pot of rice that is not eating well. So we always always so when you see us, then the pediatric or you see a dietitian, they ask you all this question. We do what we call a 24 hour food recall. Tell us everything your baby has eaten in the last 24 hours. What quantity? So then we know yes, your baby is eating well. Oh no, the baby is not eating well. So it is not just about quantity. It's also about quality. So, and then we also match it to the weight. Then does each other have a medical issue, any health condition that may affect the baby's weight? So a child may be eating, but each other said, for example, maybe hyperthyroidism or something, or each other's um, maybe it's on it's on it's a sickle cell anemia or something, you know, they their body is metabolizing the food, so the food is not being gained as weight. So the child may not be looking like they are having weight. So there are lots of, so weight gain is not just about food. And it's also not just about the tummy being full. It's about several other factors. So we need to have all those information that we can advise appropriately. First time mom, you can get the manual. Or if you go to our Facebook group, okay, I think I'll try and post it in the in the in the comment section if i can quickly get to it and then you can you can buy it's a digital material because all of you are from different parts of the world different parts of the country so the easiest way to give you guys things is if it is um if it is digital so i would recommend you get it on the digital platform um, so thank you for your interest in that. Okay. Um, the next question. Okay. I will try and send you, if you have any information, just send message or WhatsApp number. I'm sure somebody will be able to answer that later because I don't want to be distracted from my program, but all those information is all our pages. If you just check either the Instagram, Facebook, everything, there's always information there, but send a message to our WhatsApp number, and then we'll be able to answer that. Okay, somebody is saying, my baby has two months, your baby is two months and two weeks and has a boil on his shoulder. Hmm. Now, boil on his shoulder, right or left? I hope it's not the BCG scar that is this boy because we need to have that information because that location is a very unique location. So if, you, if a two-month-old baby is having boy on the shoulder, I really want to be sure it's not the BCG scar because BCG scar can actually look like a boy, but it's not a boy. Yeah, we call it BCG abscess or we feel like you can call it BCG boy, but technically it's not. It's a, it's a re response of the child to the BCG vaccine, which is perfectly normal. It's don't do anything to it. Don't rupture it. Don't press it. Don't so just leave it alone. Most time it will rush up by itself. Just clean it and go and flush that away in the toilet. Wash your hands thoroughly. It will heal and then to become a normal scar. So the person who is asking this question, I really need you to give me a feedback. I really want to know where this boil is, where is that? It's on the right shoulder, where we normally give the BCG vaccine. And we, we need to know because if it's BCG's 
uh, scar because it's very unusual for babies to have boys on their shoulder. So uh, I strongly suspect you are referring to the basic scar and there's nothing for you to do. But if it's another boy, then that one you may need to take antibiotics and all that. So that's why I really need for you to give me a feedback quickly. Okay, Facebook is saying my 10-year-old and 9-year-old 10-year and 9-year-old child that can talk but not fluently, that cannot express himself as well. Okay, I'm really confused. So are we dealing with two children here, a 10-year-old and a 9-year-old, or are we dealing with a 10? Um, you see both of them that cannot speak fluently, they cannot express themselves. So the question is a bit confusing for me. You may want to ask one child at a time, or if you have two children, just say, I have two children, both of them are not doing the same thing then. It's clear, so I'm not really confused. But if a 10-year-old and a 9-year-old, if I answer this question the way I think this is what you are uh, asking me, are not talking fluently, and they are not able to express themselves well, that means they have a developmental condition, um, either disability or disorder. I don't want to go into all this big grammar, uh, but they definitely need to see a developmental pediatrician because they sh as a 10-year-old, nine-year-old should be able to express themselves. They should be going to um, almost secondary school and they should be in either final year six. Uh, that's primary six. So um, you need to, they need to see us. They need to see a pediatrician. They need to not just see a pediatrician, they need to see a developmental pediatrician. We need to know what is going on and we need to know what kind of support they need. They may also need speech therapy along the line. Let me answer Instagram that my phone is still okay. <laughs> Um, okay, let's go back. Uh, okay, where did I stop? Yes, okay, that's a nine year old coffin. Yeah, okay, Lash is she good luck? My baby is having constipation, it's eight months plus. What do you advise? We have changed food too. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's alone that's told me a lot because a eight month old baby should not be on one food. So, when you say you have changed food. I guess food is, are you talking about formula? Because Nigerians also use the word food for formula. So I really need to know whether you are speaking to me in a Nigerian language, you know, we understand each other. So number one, an eight-month-old baby should not be on one food. An eight-month-old baby should be on complementary feeding. Eight-month-old baby should be sucking breasts and also taking porridge or semi-solid. So, and it should not be warm. So they should be having maybe um soft rice, mashed yam, mashed potato, but more importantly, you need to be adding veggies. So your uedu, your okra, you know, all those other things, you need to be adding it with the crayfish, with all those things. So your baby needs to eat not just food, because most of those food is either formula or cereal. And that is not all that is about complementary feeding. And your baby should still be breastfeeding. Okay. More importantly, your baby needs to be drinking water. So it is so most of the time when babies are constipated, let me remove this one. When babies are constipated, it is not um, it's usually most time related to how they are being fed. So we want the babies to eat a lot of food that have a lot of fiber, a lot of water. So most of the fiber are from your our vegetables and our fruits. So when you make food, make sure you, the food plates. Okay, so if you go to our complementary feeding guide, because this is some of these things are difficult to just say in just one simple, easy uh, sentence. You need to have that background understanding. The food plates. There's a part for the carbohydrate. There's a part for the veggies and fruit. There's a part for the dairy. There's a part for the 
protein, there's a part for the fat. You need to have all those things in one meal at a time. So when we just go at, to the store and buy only one particular uh, uh, can of one, whatever, I'm not going to mention any names, we are not feeding our babies properly. That is not feeding well. So, of course, you can give your baby formula at eight months old, but they should be eating variety of food. There should be fruits. There should be veggies. They should drink water so they will not be constipated. So you want to look at what is your baby eating and get it sorted properly. Okay. Oh, okay. You asking your baby, is it your baby that is eight months plus, or is it your baby that is nine day old? Because I'm confused now. Because if your baby is nine day old, or is it your, are you saying your baby is eight months, nine days, or nine days old? Because I'm really confused. So last day close here. You need to ask your question all over again. But because I've answered your question like an eight months old who is constipated. So if you are changing your question, please ask again. Uh, can water be too much for a seven month old baby? Yes. Um, baby can have water intoxication. So a seven-month-old baby should be taking mostly breast milk and two to three meals of complementary feeding. They don't need to drink as a lot of water like they will now only water will not be. So where will be, the babies remember their stomach is like this, like your face. Like so that is how much stomach they have. So if you fill everything with water, when is baby going to eat? Baby, water has zero calories, so baby is not going to gain weight. So water can be too much. So we don't even want to the, all the water a seven-month-old baby needs to take, including the water that is in breast milk, including the water in your pack, including the water in all the food you give. So when we say water, we're not just talking about the only the water alone. We are talking about the water. There's water in breast milk. There's water in the pack. There's water. The, all the fluids together. Let's say seven-month-old is weighing. Eight kilos. So is it eight kilos? Seven plus nine. Yeah, eight kilos. So the eight hundred mils. That is all the water the baby needs to take in a day. And if your baby is sucking breast milk alone, seventy percent of breast milk is water. So your baby has sucked like one liter of breast milk, one thousand mils of breast milk. That is seven hundred mils of breast of water already gone in. Remember, your pap also has a little bit of water. There's fluid, so you need to be conscious of that. So most of the time, they don't need like if you give them a a, a complementary food or solid, then they just need to take only a little sip of water that they need to take. You know, maybe if like. 10, 20 mils of water, you know, so don't let them be taking like a whole bag of pure water and finishing it. That would be too much for them. All right. I hope that's helpful. Then JLo12. So my baby suffered from birth trauma and had a red patch. Esther, let me write this phone. The other phone. My baby suffered from birth trauma and had a red patch on her face and it's not going. Is there anything I can do to... Okay, so it, her eyes get swollen when she sleeps on that side of her face. I really need to understand what birth trauma does your baby have because I'm trying to understand... Um, I, I really need to understand what birth trauma your baby has. It's a red patch. So what did your doctor tell you is a, is a red patch on the face? Okay, because usually babies don't have by trauma and cause is it is how was your baby delivered? Is it a normal delivery? Is it is it uh cesarean section? Is it a 
forcep or whatever. So we need to have that information because the question is not really clear to me. And if the ice is swollen, I worry so much about that. So this baby definitely need to see a pediatrician. We need to really have clarity on what is uh, wrong or what is going on with your baby, okay? So I really need to understand that. Then the next person say, a baby of seven months doesn't like breastfeeding, nor eating anything, not even pap. She's being forced to eat. Um, where, where, where am I? Um, uh, she's being forced to eat and she vomits. No, so... Uh, Larry C. Yeah, Larry C. Please stop. Stop for speeding the baby. Just even stop that first. Don't ever force feed the baby. You can kill the child. It is that true. And it has happened before. Not more than once. So please don't ever force a child to eat. What you really need to do is to understand complementary feeding first. You understand how to go about it. So a seven-month-old baby, you've just done maybe one month of complement of, of complementary feeding. So there's no baby just need to take two to three times of complementary feeding a day. It has to be the right texture. It's, a, it's not supposed to be too watery. It has to be thick, you know, porridge like and the quantity. You know, it's just about half a cup, you know, less than about 50 mils. And to, to, the majority of this, what the child still need to take is breast milk. So there's no rush in feeding this baby. And it's gradually we introduce it. The first time you're giving your baby complimentary feeding, you do maybe one or three spoons. That's all then you gradually increase it and you have variety and you must give one meal several times in a day i mean you must you must give in a you must have given that meal several times a week in one week before you can say oh this baby doesn't want this particular food and all that so same baby does not want to eat anything sometimes we need to have a little bit of patience when we're doing complimentary feeding we've done a whole Got um, a whole group discussion like this on complementary feeding from the beginning of this year. A dietitian has also done the same. I, will, I recommend you watch those program. I will recommend you go to our guide session and also do watch all the videos on complementary feeding. Or if you want to get the manual, you can also get the manual. And because I really took my time to dissect all those complementary feeding, how to do it, what even all the wrong things we do, all the the tips on what to avoid when you are starting how to go about it. So if you go about it the right way and with a good dose of patience, of course, you will get it right. But one thing you don't ever want to do is to force feed the baby to the point this baby is vomiting. Mm -mm, mm -mm. You are trading on a dangerous ground. Because what that vomiting happen, it can go the wrong way. It can go into the airway. You flood the hair weight with your pap, that's the end of it. And I've seen that happen before. So please don't force feed the child. If you need more help, please ask for help. You can see a pediatrician, you can see a dietitian, we can get you through all these things. But please, I beg you, don't ever force feed any child so that we don't end up having uh, another wahala. Okay, my two months old leg vibrates. 
Is it normal? Yeah. So maybe sometimes your legs vibrate, especially when they are sleeping. There's nothing to worry about. If your baby is awake and they are vibrating, you need to see a pediatrician because we need to be sure your baby doesn't have any other health issues. Okay. Let me go down and finish Instagram. My baby has this cystic week immunization. I noticed the site has a lump in it. Is this normal? Yes, it is normal. So when your baby go for the six week immunization, the painter, for those of us in Nigeria, it's a deep intramuscular uh, injection. So there's a little bit of bleeding into the muscle. And that bleeding is what causes that swelling. What we need to do is to just apply ice pack on it. Please don't massage it. If somebody is bleed, if something is bleeding, if you massage, which is what most of us do for every swelling, I don't know where that concept comes in Nigeria that when somebody is, uh, is uh, swollen, we should just massage it. No, it's actually the wrong thing to do because you're actually making it worse. Because most of those, if a child knocks their head on the wall, if they get an injection, they bleed, it is bleeding that is causing the swelling. Massaging it causes to bleed more. It gets worse. What you need to do is to stop the bleeding. Pressure, ice pack. That is all you need to do. Not to still massage again or apply anything. So just apply ice pack on it. Now that blood that has that has been released into the muscle as a result of that injection is going to form, is going to uh what we call it's going to clot. <laughs> if to clot, and then when it's finished clotting, something is deposited. So that is what formed that lump. It is because it has now clotted. That is what that formed that lump. So it's not something to worry about. So what the body will do is that over time. It will remove all the clots, it will digest it, and it will go away. So just leave it alone and don't do anything. Don't massage, don't add um, any kerosene, don't add toothpaste, don't add anything. Because those things create infection of that blood, and then the child now have what we call an abscess. So what we don't want to do is to do all those things. So you just need to leave it alone. And doesn't stop the child from taking the 10 weeks immunization because some mother would not say there's still a lump in the one they gave us six weeks. So uh, should I go and take the one for 10 weeks? Yes. Go for the 10 weeks one. They will do it on the other tie or both ties, depending on how you're taking it. It doesn't matter. There are enough space on that tie. And trust me, all the lumps are going to go away. So you don't need to panic. You don't need to be scared. What your baby is getting protected from, they are more dangerous they are the killer diseases they are more dangerous than that little lump that your baby is going to have on the lap for a few weeks max months so the dangerous uh diphtheria polio tetanus uh hepatitis demococcal diseases all those dangerous diseases that your baby is being they are being protected from they are is what the baby getting the immunization. So don't say, I won't go for 10 weeks. I won't go. Please do. And let's keep our baby safe. Okay. I think I've done all Instagram. Instagram, I have a backup phone now. So, but I will still leave it and see whether we can finish. Um, Next question. What quantity of water? Okay. Everybody's asking me what quantity of water, quantity of water. So let me answer by saying, when your baby is six months old, they cannot say taking water fine but please they don't need to take so much of water 
because we expect that you should keep breastfeeding them. So you we expect that you are still breastfeeding on demand. And always have it at the back of your mind that whenever you're breastfeeding, I'm giving 70% of water. So the water your baby needs to take. So I see some mother just even when baby cries, any little thing, you just gonna give them water alone like that. As if just have something in your tummy. No, it's wrong. You can breastfeed them at that point because breastfeeding should still be going on demand. So, but when your baby has had like a, a complimentary food, let's say he has had a bowl of uh, half a half a cup of the porridge or whatever, then you can give water after that. And some of our babies they like to and one spoon they want to drink water it's also not a good idea but some babies is maybe either is the way we train them or the way they like it but please if they are like that just make sure it's only a little sip at a time so for each meal or so they shouldn't be taking more than maybe 50 meals of water max remember your breast milk is still the main source of the water so there's no need to start measuring plenty of water most of those babies, remember, if you be six months old, and let's say your six months old is weighing like seven kilos or 7.5, all the fluids they need in a day is just about 750 mils. So 750 mils, this bottle is 500 mils already. So remember, your breast milk is already consisting a lot of it already. So don't just fill that tummy with so much water that there's no space for breast milk, there's no space for complementary feeding. If you do that, then your baby will not gain weight. And that's why some of us will say, our baby started losing weight when we started complementary feeding because, you know, we're giving too much of water instead of breast milk. And baby can take too much of water and it can cause water intoxication. So let's not like, oh, thank God, exclusive breastfeeding is over. Let's just go on the water and we binge on the water. No, please. Breastfeed as much as possible your baby can take sip of water. Luckily, most of the time when baby take water, they pass it out in urine anyway. So there's no problem with that. But the challenge we will worry as pediatricians that when you feed their tummy so much with water, there's no space for the real food. And when their tummy is full, their tummy is full. Their tummy is not that big. It's not like our own. It's still small. So you have to be conscious that that quantity that they can hold is not that much. And we want food inside. And that's why even the porridge and everything has to be thick. So there's so much calories packed into that same quantity. So it's very, very important. Uh, my first month to have yellow discharge in the highs when they sleep for long. I noticed it since three months, but today was much. So you have has high discharge. What you need to do is to just clean it with clean clothes and water. Just do that first. Also clean it with clean clothes and water. If the discharge persists, in other words, when the baby is not awake, if the baby is still having high discharge, and that baby has something else going on with the highs, like an infection, then you need to see a doctor and they need to prescribe appropriate antibiotics. Most of us have high discharge when we wake up in the morning. That one is not a problem. It's when it continues to come out, even during the daytime, you're cleaning it, it's still coming out more. Then that suggests there's an infection going on. And then the baby needs to take advantage. Okay, our time is gone now. I'm just going to rush and close up with the ones I've, I've had already. Please, let's not ask more questions. Let's just answer the one we had. But like I said, you can always ask a question on our Facebook group. My baby, how can my baby gain with two months old baby? What is the weight of your baby now? Your baby is two months old, weight is three kilos. What was the best weight of the baby? Was the baby a preterm baby? 
I need to have those information. And how are you feeding the baby? For your baby, all I would say is exclusive breastfeed the baby, exclusive breastfeed the baby. If you're exclusive breastfeeding your baby and your baby is not gaining weight, you need to see the pediatrician because we need to know why. Because some babies do not gain weight, and that may be the first thing that will tell us that there is a problem with this baby. There is an health problem. Maybe there's something in the heart. Maybe there's something in the lung. Maybe there's something somewhere that is not making this baby to gain weight that we need to deal with. So this is a question that we need to answer one-on-one -on -one because we need to ask you all those other information. What can make a baby of five years to gain with food? Just food. Give them the right quantity of food. Make sure they are eating well. You know what I mean by well. I've already explained that for those who are listening. If you are just joining us, please rewatch the video. You'll get all those information. Uh, how can I treat Kata and Cough for one year, two months old baby? Most Cough and Kata in children, they're actually viral infections. They don't need antibiotics. They don't need nothing. Just let them take a lot of fluid, like keep them warm and all that. Most of them will resolve by themselves. But if your child has fever, the child is breathing fast or is struggling to breathe, that may be signs of pneumonia. Then you need to take the baby to the hospital to see a doctor who can prescribe appropriate antibiotics. Okay, we answered this question already. It's weeks old umbilical cord makes sounds, so that's fine. I was asked to do a scan to check umbilical ania. So you don't need to do a scan to check umbilical ania. If a child has ania, you see the ania. It's, it's a clinical diagnosis. Uh, so uh, the, the pediatrician was not satisfied with the scan results. According to him, the symptom shows a symptom of umbilical ania. <clears throat> I don't think you're seeing a pediatrician. This information is not information that even a doctor would give, honestly, because ania means there is a hole and the intestine is passing through the hole. So a child who has ania, when the child coughs or when the child smiles, you will see the navel shooting out and fill up. Then when you press it down, you can actually press it down and it goes down. That is ania. It's a, something that is everybody knows. So I don't understand why a pediatrician would say a child has ania, they need a scan, and the scan said there's no ania, and the pediatrician is saying there's ania. I don't think you're seeing a pediatrician. I don't even think you're seeing a doctor, to be honest, because I strongly doubt this person is a doctor, because ania is something so basic that even non-doctors knows what an ania looks like. So if the doctor has concern, and a baby's tummy making sound is not a problem, because gas, babies have gas passing through their tummy all the time, so that is not a problem at all so um i know my phone is going to die so i'm going to use my backup so there's nothing wrong with the baby's uh tummy um there's nothing wrong with a baby's tummy uh making noise that is just hair so babies have hair in their tummy all the time so i don't even know what that is an issue really to be honest so i would just say there's no need for you to worry at all about it, just uh, let the baby be, okay? So let the baby be, and there's no reason for you to worry, all right? Okay, Um. next question is, my two-month-old baby has something like a boy where she had the BCG. Yes, so I've already answered that already, and that is uh, a BCG response to the BCG, um, uh vaccine there's nothing you need to do about it uh just leave it alone and it will be it will be fine so just leave it alone okay 
All right, the next question. Uh, Chioma Oluchi, I'm worried uh, because when should one be worried on a two month, three weeks old baby having cough and cancer? Uh, like, I, I just, I think I just answered that question. So, if your two months and three whole, uh, two months old baby is having cough and there's fever and there is um, fast breathing, those are the times that we need to worry. Otherwise, there's really no need to worry because most of the time, most babies just have cover cutter and it will resolve on its own. You don't need to do anything about it. It will just go on its own. All right. Okay. And let's go on to the next one. Um, my three months old baby has green pool. So the issue is that are you breastfeeding properly? Uh, so we want your three months old baby to be on exclusive breastfeeding and you must make sure you take both the formic and the ain't make everything must be there and breastfeeding the baby on demand because greenish pool for us is often a sign of um what do we call it inadequate breastfeeding and or starvation so you need to make sure and if you are giving formula some formula can also make your baby to have a greenish pool. So it is the iron in the formula that is causing the greenish pool. So you need to avoid that. Then the next question. Oh, finally, we're getting to the end. Uh, I circumcised my four months old baby, nine months old, but after the ill, the stitches scar is still around the cap. Please, will it go later? So if you if you did a surgery for your baby, or you do surgery for anything, and you have any concern about that place. The best person to see is the surgeon who did the surgery. So you need to see the surgeon and let them tell you. Ideally, every surgeon follow up their patients. They always want to look at what they have done. So they should look at it and decide whether they are happy with it or they are not. So I'm going to recommend you see the surgeon for a follow-up. I don't expect that a surgery that was done five months ago should still be causing any problem now. Honestly, I don't. So... I really want you to go see the surgeon and have that conversation. Let them have a look. Make sure there's nothing wrong. And if there's anything wrong, let them fix it. Okay. Uh, I don't think my baby one year always scratch her head. And it looks like it's swollen. Mm, okay. If some maybe scratch their head, there's nothing wrong with that. But if it's swollen, you need to see a doctor. I don't know why the head is swollen. I don't understand that. So we need to see a doctor. We need to examine the baby to know what is wrong. Uh, my baby's weight is 9.3 at 15 months. 1.8 baby, the weight is fine. That's why that's fine for your 1.8 kilos at birth because your baby was born at 32 weeks. So even though your baby is um 15 months, your baby technically is actually 13 months, so like one year old, one month corrected age. And 9.3 for a one year old, I am not worried. Most one year old weigh 10 kilos anyway. And your baby, remember, your baby started at 1.8, so I'm not worried. Uh, Facebook says, what can be done to two weeks old baby who gets choked when sleeping? No, that's not a good sign. A baby should not be getting choked when sleeping. A two-month-old should sleep on the back, not on the front, not on the chest, not on the tummy. They should sleep back to sleep. And so they sleep on the back. You can turn their face to one side. 
So the baby should not be shocking. The baby should not be shocking. If the baby is shocking, you need to see a pediatrician because there are some medical conditions that can cause the baby to be shocking. So I really need to but I'm responding to you based on what you told me because sometimes some people use the word shocking to mean different things. But when you use the word shocking around a pediatrician or any doctor, we are alarmed because that means for us, what shocking means is that something is going through the airway that should not be going through the hairway, so we're worried about that. So you definitely, definitely need to go and see a doctor about that. Um, question, my baby has been having fever of 38 for several months. Really? Several months? We've been admitted, okay, and attended to by pediatrician, okay, but it keeps having a high fever. What can be his problem? The best person to answer that question is that pediatrician that has been admitting your baby because I trust they would have done all the tests, they would have done all the usual evaluation to know why this baby is still having fever of 30 head. So there are many causes of what we call persistent fever uh, of unknown origin. So um, see your pediatricians and let them, of course, for them to have admitted your baby, so they should know what they're doing and they should be thinking of other things. If they are not sure, they can refer you to see other specialists for other investigation of the causes of the persistent fever, but there are conditions that can cause that. So, but your pediatricians, they know better because they've, they've seen your child, they've admitted your child, they must have done the test. So it's not fair to ask me that I've not seen your child, that I've not seen the results of the test. So the doctors that have done, that have seen the child, admitted the child, carried out tests and all that, they are the ones and I hope you have been seeing the same pediatrician because if you jump from one person to another person, they may not be able to tie it down together. So if you see the same person, then they will know this is what I've done. This is what I've excluded. Maybe I should look for this one. I should look for that one. You may want to go to a teaching hospital, actually. That's the best place for that kind of a child to be managed. 16 days old, have a wound on a novel after they clamp, fall off. You see some, no, it's not something to worry about. Usually when they cord has uh, dropped, which is what you are trying to say, it may not always be completely uh, healed. So what you need to do is to keep cleaning with metallated spirits until it's completely healed, completely healed. So that's what you need to do. Okay, thank you. I don't know where it's Antonia. Uh, Ruth is saying, Cindy, okay, I think I've just answered that question. What can I give my one-year-old baby a sauce for breast milk at night? nothing uh you don't need to feed your one-year-old at night okay usually at this age you should expect them to have eaten enough food that you have eaten their complimentary feeding if you want to ideally we want you to breastfeed for two years but if you are stopping breastfeeding then that's fine but the baby does not need to be eating at night baby does not need to take anything at night they should sleep through the nights okay so if they wake up and they you know you want to give them if they are thirsty, you can give them water and all that. But ideally, we really want them to just sleep at night and not. The dentists don't also want them taking bottle or milk at night because it can cause their teeth to become rotten as well. So if you can keep breastfeeding, fine. If you not, if you win them, if you win them, let them have their normal meals during the daytime. And hopefully by 7 p.m., they should have their last meal and hopefully they should sleep all night. Um... Facebook user, seven weeks have been having skin rashes, most especially on the face, at the back of the neck. It's appear like a bone. It's possible your child is reacting to the product you're using. So um, for babies, you need to be careful that you don't use 
products that has a lot of chemicals, they can react to them. So you may want to use what we call hypoallergenic or basically natural products, products that don't use, that don't have much chemicals. So for, for this age, I prefer you use things like, like curry, shea butter, coconut oil, olive oil, or Vaseline without perfume, the blue seal one, shea, uh, what's the other one, Sebamed, all those things. Just look for what we call hypoallergenic products. Some of those nice, nice, sweet-smelling products that we use for babies that they sell to you in the shop for babies, they all contain so much chemicals and because that's why they smell so nice. But they make baby skins very, very... Um, the baby skins are very sensitive to them and they can cause reaction. So you may fall forward to start from that, even including the soap. So this is why you, we, on our Facebook group, we have a whole group discussion and on our website as well on how to take care of the skin of a newborn baby. You may want to read that. Or you also go through the uh, first time baby's manual. We talk about the skin care. The skin care of newborn baby is so crucial because they have very sensitive skin. They have very delicate skin. And if you are not doing it properly, the skin is the largest organ of the body. Infection in that skin can cause jams easily enter the rest of their body so you really need to know that you are taking care of the skin very well thank you thank you thank you uh babies sometimes turn to sleep on their side do not shook him please put them back put them to their back 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 to sleep okay uh baby's temperature is 35.8 okay usually most babies don't just if baby is wearing most thermometers don't read below 35 to be honest. So um if your baby is feeling cold to your church, then wear additional clothes, wear socks, wear maintains, put on cap, and then check the temperature again, whether this come up. But make sure it's not a thermometer error because sometimes it's just a thermometer. If your baby is otherwise feeling warm to your hand and happy and all that, mm -mm, just leave the baby alone. But, you can, if you think your baby is actually feeling cold, and the way to, I always say that the way to know your baby is feeling cold, feel their palms and feel their feet. If both of them are feeling cold to church, then your baby is cold, then you can wear socks, wear additional clothes, and that's all you need to do. Uh, okay, how can I watch this video again? You can watch this video all over again. The video is here. It's not going away. It's going to be there on Facebook. It's going to be... Whichever where you, whichever place that you have watched this video is going to still be there when I finish, so you can watch it again. And the best place to actually watch all our past videos is on our YouTube channel because it is, you know, that's the only thing you you will not be distracted by other things like it would be on Facebook. On our YouTube is all our videos, and they are permanently there. It is ATP TV. Let me just see whether I can share the. Uh, the banner of all our uh, stuff. Okay, okay. So this one is not showing. But if you if you if you go to Facebook, just type at the pediatrician for um, um YouTube or ATP TV V with double E at the end. TV ATP TV with double E at the end. That is our channel. ATP TV. You will not miss it. Uh, and then you'll be able to watch all our videos again. But like I said, it's also available on our on our on our on our Facebook pages as well. Okay, is face up is the best for sleeping position for a baby? Yes, it's not even the best. It's the only sleeping position recommended for babies because we don't want. 
baby sleeping on the face because of what we call sudden infant death syndrome. So we really need to avoid that. Yes. Oh, thank you so much. Somebody just helped me to answer that question. Thank you for my assistance. You know, some people are just so good with helping me with all those questions. Uh, how can I manage one year old? You still wake up to suck four to six times at night. Okay, I don't see any problem with that. I'm happy. <laughs> I want the baby to suck at night. So it's okay for the baby to suck. Okay. If you think you are tired, you want to win the baby. Okay, fine. But usually we want you to wait to breastfeed the baby to two years. So if you can do it, please, 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 please do it for us. But if you don't want to do it, then you win the baby. And the baby will stop sucking. And the baby will start sleeping and eating. All right. So thank you so much. Uh, we've come to the end of the program. Uh, oh, goodness me. So for malaria, you need to see your doctors for treatments. Okay. And please don't assume malaria in babies like you do for yourself. I love you. Any little thing, let me just treat malaria. Please don't treat children for malaria at all. Don't. If you think your baby has fever, you suspect they have malaria, please take them to the hospital. Let's just confirm the malaria and let's treat the malaria. Okay. Don't do self-treatment for malaria. For those who are just coming, I'm sorry, we've closed. Please. Post your questions on the Facebook group and we will answer them. Uh, sit, you don't need to train babies to sit. They will sit by themselves and they usually sit by at uh, six, six months already. All right. Thank you so much, everybody. Time has gone and uh, we've come to the end of ACP Live. So if you have any more questions, feel free to post it on our Facebook group, Monday to Saturday, and all that. Remember, if you want to have a chat, you can have a chat with us. Um, on, on, you can just send a message to our phone number. It is a service that is paid for. Remember to support us. And for those of you who are first-time mom, I want to present to you the first-time mom course. So please uh, buy this manual. It will be very helpful for you. All those questions of first-time moms and everything is already addressed from breastfeeding to the immediate care of the newborn, all the colic, all the teething, all the reflux, all the, even the sick babies, first aid for fever, first aid for diarrhea, and all that. It's in, I can assure you that if you buy the book, you will value for your money. It's just 5,000 Naira and it's digital products only. So you will find it very, very, very useful. For how to get it, send us a message on our WhatsApp number. And then I think we can um, we can send you the details. But the information is also available on our Facebook group as well. So thank you so much. And for those on Instagram, I sincerely, sincerely apologize for all the breaks today. Uh, I will try and make sure that that doesn't happen next time. So I'll see you guys again next week by God's grace. Remember this week, we still also have a group discussion on our Facebook group on the skin rashes. So all the skin rashes people, the dermatologist is going to be there answering all the common questions about skin rashes and helping us understand how to, you know, so make sure you join us. I think it's on Wednesday, but look out for the flyers on our Facebook group on all, on all our social media platform. Thank you so much everyone for watching and I will see you again same time next week by God's grace. Bye. Bye on Facebook and bye.